everybody, and welcome to an ooky spooky Halloween episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. Yay! Uh, as always, I am your host, Don, aka Usamimi, and today my very spooktacular guest is a new guest to the show. Uh, please welcome Gigi. Welcome, Gigi. Hello, my friends. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. Thank you for coming. I'm totally excited about this episode because it's touching on a franchise that is very close to my heart uh, ever since I was a kid. Uh, Even though we're not starting with the first one. uh, (laughs) (laughs) But today we're going to be talking all about a sort of unconventional Halloween choice, which is Unico and the Island of Magic. Uh, I wanted to try to do something that was like a little unconventional for Halloween, something that was like kind of spooky, but not just like, you know, scary and gory. Uh, Something that like, I feel like more people could watch and not be like, afraid that they were going to get, like, jump-scared or, you know, creeped out or grossed out. I mean, you still might get creeped out because this movie is legit kind of terrifying. Uh, <laughs> but it goes into one of my favorite horror genres, which is children's horror, which I I feel, especially stuff that was made in the 80s, is sometimes way creepier than stuff coming out now. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been scared by 80s media in general. And then when it comes to stuff that's out lately, I'm just like, this is boring. This is boring. This is boring. That's okay. It's kind of gross. Oh, wait. Now here. Nope. Never mind. It's it's so weird. And maybe it's something because it's ingrained in a nostalgia factor for us that makes it scarier. But I don't know. If you put like the original Puppet Master against some other movie with a puppet that was made in 2010 i'm like nope nope original puppet master still (laughs) makes me want to cry in a corner sometimes there you go there you go um yeah so uh i genuinely love the unico films and unico franchise altogether honestly um but i felt like you know what a what a fun time to go back and uh, rewatch this for the Halloween season. I feel like it's a fun uh, thing that people could totally get into for Halloween. It sort of fits the like creepy vibe that some people are going for this time of year. Or if you just like you know very weird old uh, children's cartoons, also very fun. <laughs> So, uh, Gigi, since it's your first time on the show, usually when I have a new guest, I like to ask them their uh, secret origin story. Like, how did you get into anime and manga back in the day? Oh, gosh. Well, scarily enough, it was with Unico. (gasps) Gasp! Maybe that might be why I asked you to come on the show. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, no. No, no. I don't know. Um, So when I was a kid... We had this ancient VHS tape that was passed around from kid to kid to kid. And it was a Disney Channel recorded version of Unico, the first Unico. And once I saw that, I was like, whoa, this is so cute. I love this. It's kind of scary, but, you know, it's okay. I'll just keep watching stuff. Where can I get more stuff like this? And uh, my dad was kind of an enabler and he (laughs) bought me a bunch of stuff and I found a bunch of stuff 
Tenshi Muyo is on there, Fushigi Yugi, Sailor Moon, of course. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. Of course. Um, and then, you know, I forgot about it for a really long time. And I was like, yeah, I'm not into this. Like, I got I have to do other things. Like, there's more things to life than watching cartoons all day because you know i didn't really know i had no idea that this was anime or until way later down the line Mm -hmm, i got mm -hmm. out of college and i was like wait a minute i can own sailor moon the sailor moon with sailor uranus and sailor neptune and they're speaking japanese because at the time i was a sub purist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i was like oh this is kind of cool i was like i should buy these and so as an adult i'm you know, buying all this stuff. And I was like, I should collect this. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, yeah. Famous last I words. Started a, <laughs> I started a collection. <laughs> I started a YouTube channel because I wanted to meet more people who had collections uh, like mine. And from there, uh, somebody messaged me from another channel saying, I saw you had this anime. Do you want to come and do a podcast on it with me? And I said, what's a podcast? <laughs> also famous yeah, last was, words. <laughs> yeah, that was maybe five years ago. Uh, the anime in question was Diabolic Lovers, another fun Halloween choice. And from there on, I became one of the co-hosts of the Dub Talk podcast, started my own podcast called the Shoujo Trash Showdown. And here we have today where I get to talk to you about where it all started, except for the fact that I didn't even know Unico and the Islands of Magic existed until, again, I was an adult. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, but your first introduction was the first original movie, which I think helps a little bit. I, I think so. And, you know, for years, I would go back and watch that tape because once I realized what anime was, I was like, I have this. How can I convert this? Where can I watch it? Mm-hmm. And it was it was a magical, magical thing when Discotech re-released it on blue on DVD. And I was like, oh, my movie is back. Oh, man. And yeah. I was like, wait a minute. It's in Japanese. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I th- I think I had the same reaction because I also got into Unico when I was really young. That was one of my anime things of childhood that like really stuck with me because like for years you couldn't get that movie. Like it was the you you were either lucky enough to get that really really old VHS tape or you found a rip of the VHS tape online. <laughs> Like that yeah. was it <laughs> for for years and years. So um, you know, bless Discotech for getting all the, the um, they're the ones who've been getting all the Sanrio movies that I grew up with. So like that makes me so happy. Like uh, the Sea Prince and the Fire Child, the Ringing Bell. Uh, earlier this year, I even did um, my review of the Nutcracker Fantasy, which like the, <laughs> that was also a movie that kind of traumatized it traumatized me as a child (laughs) uh thank you christopher lee (laughs) but uh but this one i think in particular is probably just under the ringing bell for like super traumatizing sanrio films (laughs) like man it's a lot it's a lot but like in a cool fun anime way (laughs) yeah (laughs) So, 
you know, we've talked a bit about how, like, wow, this was really formidable for us growing up. But Unico, what is Unico? Like, if you had to tell somebody who had never heard of Unico, like, what is Unico? How would you describe that series? Oh, my gosh. Well, Unico is about a tiny, very cute, very cute unicorn that has little pink hair who brings happiness to everyone he likes and who likes him back. But uh, the mean gods of the world think they should be in charge of everything because capitalism. So they take him away (laughs) and dump him in places where you don't think there will be any people or animals that he can be friends with. But oops, there are people or animals that he can be friends with. Uh, Most of them are terrifying. (laughs) And uh, you get to kind of see their relationships unfold until everything is happy and he gets ripped away again and moved somewhere else. Oh, it's a it hurts when he leaves every time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, originally, this was a manga series created by the god of manga himself, uh, Osamu Tezuka, in 1976. And the manga ran in the shoujo magazine Lyrica, which was owned by Sanrio. Yes, the same people that make Hello Kitty. That Sanrio. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in 1979, they made a pilot anime for Unico to be considered into making a TV series, uh, but that was never picked up. But in 1981, Sanrio and Tezuka Productions teamed up. Studio Madhouse was the one to animate the first feature-length film, which was The, the Fantastic Adventures of Unico, uh, like we mentioned before. And that covered a pretty good chunk of the original Tezuka manga. And it was popular enough that it got the sequel, which we are talking about, Unico in the Island of Magic in 1983, which is a completely original story made up for the film. It has nothing to do with the manga, uh, which is kind of an interesting choice. I I don't know why they decided to do an original story. Maybe, you know, just because they could. It was the 80s and they had tons of money and they were like, yeah, let's just make something up. We're Madhouse. Why not? (laughs) But uh, it is, I think, a great Halloween viewing choice because, like I was saying earlier, it's it's spooky, but not, like, in a gory way or in a, like, uh, way that you would be, like, disgusted watching it if you're, like, not a fan of gore, horror, or anything like that. It's just more, like, the more you think of it, the creepier it is. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, legitimately, there's, like, some terrifying aspects of it which we will get into as we go on but um while it is a sequel it really has no ties to the first movie at all so technically you can watch it without seeing the first movie uh you might not really get into Unico's whole backstory there is a condensed one at the beginning of the film where the west wind who is the basically the <laughs> the force that uh takes Unico from place to place to try to hide Unico from the god's wrath. Um, She kind of gives some exposition on like, you know, oh, Unico, like, I have to hide you from the gods or they, if they find you, they will destroy you. So I will hide you here where no one will ever find you. And then she just disappears. Technically, that's basically all you need to know about Unico. I mean, it's pretty like straightforward since it's a kid series. Like, there's no really long, epic, tragic backstory you need to know. Uh, But if you do need to know, then you can watch the first movie, (laughs) because that's basically it. The whole, like, I think 10 minutes of the movie, first 10 minutes, is uh, 
is his whole backstory. <laughs> uh, set to a song, if I remember. Isn't there like a little... Yes. Yeah, there's like a little like, oh, unicorn. A little cute montage and... He runs around chasing butterflies and growing wings and, yep. oh, look, look at how cute I am. And then ripped away from his mother. <laughs> look how cute I am. In just a few minutes, you're going to be traumatized. <laughs> I'm an orphan now. Great. <laughs> Super. Everyone hates me and is out to kill me because I love people. That, oh, God. That's not horrifying. <laughs> no, not at all. Let me just rip you away from your mother. Like, four days after you're born and say, Oh, we're going to put you in hell now, which is basically what they do in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, the fantastic adventures of Unico sounds a lot better than Unico goes to hell. (laughs) (laughs) That could have been the sequel. Didn't happen. Sorry, Sanrio. (laughs) Unico's bogus journey. (laughs) Speaking of terrifying things, that Easter bunny in bogus or what the second one oh bill and ted yeah Mm. traumatizing (laughs) yeah i forgot how like creepy that was until i rewatched it like uh i think last year i was like oh wow okay (laughs) but yeah so much like i was saying earlier sanrio's other anime films of the 80s this definitely falls into the children's horror genre being sort of like a fairy tale adventure with a lot of creepy and downright traumatic elements. Uh, it's not as overtly frightening as, say, The Ringing Bell, uh, but it's got a lot of stuff that's in there that's memorable enough to be scary that uh, many of my listeners commented on just how much this scarred them when they saw it as a child when I announced this episode. (laughs) Like, I asked for people to send in questions and literally, like, 90% of everything I got was like, oh my god, this movie scarred me for life. (laughs) I read them all. I was like, wow, this is great. It's not just me. (laughs) And uh, as we mentioned before, it became somewhat of a cult classic Uh, via VHS rentals in the 80s and 90s, as well as the brief period of time when this movie was actually shown on cable on the Disney Channel, (laughs) which I still cannot believe happened. (laughs) Like, legitimately, Disney Channel showed this movie. (laughs) I... It it blows my mind because multiple times when I was watching it again, I was like, I have to remind myself, this is a children's movie. Like, this is made for children. Mm -hmm. Why? It Mm -hmm. is so creepy. (laughs) I mean, you know, scare children early enough, like toughen them up. (laughs) I guess. Or, you know, it could be just like me, like you want to you want to make a whole generation of like horror addicts. Uh, Show them stuff like this when they're a child. I mean, I I love my horror movies, don't get me wrong, but if there are ever any China dolls in the vicinity, I still have to turn them to face the wall, so they're not looking at me. (laughs) Don't look at me! Please don't murder me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, And like we were saying earlier, uh, Discotech Media actually brought this out on DVD, our friends at Discotech, uh, years after being out of print. Uh, I believe these were released in 2012, yes. And uh, also, they eventually did a double feature Blu-ray in 2014. Both of these are still in print and available to buy as of this recording. And the films are also streaming in North America and I think limited other areas on Crunchyroll, Tubi TV, and Retro Crush. Um, I was surprised to learn that there is also a 
Spanish language dub that was fairly popular from what I've heard, but sadly that dub was not included in the discotheque release, which made me kind of sad to hear. I was like, oh, our poor Spanish-speaking friends, por qué? But um, I don't know. It might have been like a like a contractual thing. Like maybe it was too too tough to get that dub. So uh, I don't know. Maybe in a future release? Question mark. But uh, it does exist. It is floating out around there somewhere. <laughs> Uh, but uh, if any if any of my listeners have ever heard that Spanish dub, uh, let me know because I was really curious about it because like on the internet I found a few people say like, you know, oh, that was my childhood. I loved that Spanish dub. It was so good. And I was like, wow, I would love to hear this or at least like a snippet of it. That would be kind of cool. Um, this movie was directed by Moribi Murano, who also did the character designs for the Dagger of Kamui. Uh, he did image boarding for the Lensman film and did settings for the first Unico film. And the animation director was Kazuo Tomizawa, who was also animation director on Armageddon, The Door into Summer, uh, Lensman, Gundam War in the Pocket, uh, and <laughs> amazingly Barefoot Gen, uh, which fun... <laughs> Fun fact, Barefoot Gen was being made basically at the same time as this movie by almost the exact same people Wow! <laughs> as it was animated by uh, Studio Madhouse, as I said before. Uh, another fun fact, Yoshiaki Kawajiri, our favorite king of high class trash, did scene composition for this movie. Uh, so that is, yes, Kawajiri, the man behind Demon City, Shinjuku, Wicked City, Ninja Scroll... All those great trashy hits that you love worked on this kid's movie. Isn't that fun? You know, that makes a lot of sense now that you said that. <laughs> I can see it now. Yeah, and the scene composition in this movie is really good. Uh, there's a lot of really cool, like, uh, layering in some of the uh, panning shots and uh, some of the, like directional effects that like when characters turn in the forest to look around looks really cool and it makes me wonder if like that's because of kawajiri uh because it just said scene composition so i'm assuming like he was sort of like kind of doing direction on some of that i don't know i'm not exactly sure what scene composition entails but i was like "Ooh, that's neat <laughs> I it, like that. It definitely ups the creep factor for sure. Right? <laughs> and just the fact that, like, if you know what Barefoot Gen is, um, <laughs> that's another really heavy uh, sort of movie that is also terrifying because it uh, has to do with the, uh, <laughs> the one of the world wars. Guess, guess which one? <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> that one. <laughs> So, Great. so imagine a double feature of both of these movies. <laughs> Wouldn't that be swell? So, um, <sighs> basic the basic plot of this movie is that, uh, like you said, yet again, poor Unico is being carried away to yet another place because the West Wind does not want the gods to find him and destroy him for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, because he's a pure and innocent, loving little beautiful creature who loves everyone. Uh, you know, he's basically like a Care Bear. <laughs> never hurt, yes. never hurt anything, and loves everyone. And a Care Bear with amnesia. <laughs> yes, that that's another aspect of the 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 Unico series. Is every time he 
goes to a new place, he his memory is wiped and he does not remember anyone or anything. He doesn't remember where he came from. He doesn't remember his family. Nothing. He just knows I am Unico and here I am. <laughs> Love me. <laughs> Boku no Unico. Boku no Unico. Constantly. <laughs> now, what I think is funny is for this, I actually rewatched the dub since that's what I'm used to. And you mm-hmm. watched the Japanese version. <laughs> well, I watched both. Oh, okay. Because, well, and then I watched the dub again because in the Japanese version, I swear there were different editing things in it. Oh, And I was like, no, that, no, that, that thing was a different color. It was a different, why was it a different color? And then, no, it was just my mind playing tricks on me. It was the same color. Oh. But there are actually, um kind of important plot points that didn't get translated very well in the dub. Oh, so. yeah. Well, this is like an 80s dub. So, like, they, oh, yeah. they definitely changed a lot uh, versus the original. <laughs> but <laughs> even then, there's, like, stuff that, like, you're like, wow, this is really creepy for an 80s kids movie. Uh, but, yeah, going back to the basic plot is poor Unico gets dropped into this forest and... In this forest, we meet the mysterious Toby, who is the magician's apprentice of a mysterious Lord Kuruku, who is turning everyone into these very creepy, very, like, squarish looking uh, puppets and uh, sending them away (laughs) to a mysterious island, uh, which later on we find out is way creepier than what that like how that actually sounds like like turning people into puppets how weird could that uh, it's it's really it's really bad and unico and his new friend that he made sherry who happens to be toby's sister have to try to stop him and lord kuruku uh and change all the people back into people before it's too late and they go on this amazing adventure that goes all the way to the end of the world and that's the basic plot uh, for all you folks who haven't seen it and don't want to be spoiled. But later on, I will warn you when we start going into spoiler territory, because uh, <laughs> I feel like this movie works a lot better if you don't know the whole plot before you watch it, because there is some truly like frightening stuff in here. <laughs> Yeah, go in blind, kids. <laughs> yes. So if you haven't watched the movie, I mean, it is streaming for free right now. Just pause this recording, go watch it, and then come back. You'll be happy you did. Because <laughs> it is wild. <laughs> but to go through the characters, so we have, you know, our aforementioned Unico, who we've already kind of talked about. The cute, adorable little baby unicorn who would never do anything wrong. Except for when he does. Uh <laughs> In, <laughs> I'll get back to that because, like, mm. uh, in English, uh, voiced by the iconic Barbara Goodson, who, like, I didn't realize this until I was older, but Barbara Goodson, like, holy cow. Uh, she was Kaori and Takashi in the Akira Streamline dub. She was Yui in the Streamline dub of Megazone 2-3. She was Doris in the original Vampire Hunter D. She was Rita Repulsa in Power Rangers. I mean, name a thing and she was probably a voice in it. Like, she's iconic. Just, like, so good. And you get to hear her in all of her cutesy little baby unicorn glory. (laughs) 
Uh, but she she did a lot of stuff for Streamline back in the day, and uh, I believe that was the same sort of pool of actors that did a lot of these old Sanrio movies as well. So, you know, not terribly surprised. Um, but let's see. In this movie, we also have the original characters of... Uh, in the dub, his name is Melvin the Magnificat. <laughs> A.K.A. Yamaneko in uh, the Japanese version. But uh, the English voice actor for Melvin is a Michael Sorich, I believe is how you say his name, um, who was also Fujisawa in El Hazard and Dimple in Mob Psycho 100. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. So he's been doing this for a long time. A long, long time. Um, but nowadays he does a lot of uh, English script adaptations. Uh, he was one of the adapters for the new Sailor Moon dub for Viz, for example. Uh, but Melvin is the uh, one of the first creatures that Unico meets. He's this big, fat, orange cat who's very, like... Uh, uh, he kind of reminds me of Heathcliff. <laughs> I was just going to say that. He reminds me of an East Coast Heathcliff. <laughs> yeah, he has this that very, like, sort of uh, accent. Like, like Molly from the from the Sailor Moon dub. Yes. <laughs> like, it is. like, sort of East Coast, but, like, weird. <laughs> it's like Jersey mixed with mostly Jersey. <laughs> mostly Jersey. <laughs> Like mafia, like Sopranos. I think if yeah, like, it's like if the Sopranos based it off Unico and the Island of Magic, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. No, I'm just kidding. But that's yeah. it's 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 he, a lot like when when people are trying to do their best, like uh, like hey, I'm walking here. Like that's yes. kind of what he sounds like. <laughs> it's it's a mess, <laughs> but it's so cute. It's very reminiscent of like really old. Uh, like 80s cartoons. Uh, oh, for sure. Because he also. Like Joey Wheeler from Yu Gi Oh! Yeah. <laughs> well, he also kind of has that weird little inflection, like <laughs> that, that old cartoons like to do. <laughs> like, I don't know what. A little the... old man warble, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what the, what the voice director was going for, but like, it's really cute and funny. <laughs> And you gotta admit that, like, he he has these little. I don't know who came up with this joke, but it's it's still freaking hilarious to me. He wears these little. They look like headphones, but they're made of wood. Yes. They're these wood blocks that he wears on his head. And at at one point, you're like, why is he wearing like wood blocks on his head? I don't get it. But then he takes them off, and he's like. Oh, it's the latest technology. It's a woofa and a tweeter. And he opens one side and there's like a, a bird. And he's like, see, there's the tweeter. <laughs> and then he opens the other God. side and it's a bullfrog. And he's like, and there's the woofa. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? That was like the best joke that wasn't in the Japanese version. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. What? <laughs> I love this. But Sometimes really old dubs have really terrible translation things that they do, but then sometimes they have really good ones, and this is definitely at the top. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, like, whoever localized that part, I hope they got a hearty pat on the back and a good job. <laughs> because that was so good. Even today, like, every time I watch this movie, I'm like, that is just so good. <laughs> I 
love it. But yeah, he's he's like this sort of like uh, he kind of comes off as a bully at first. Like he wants to be this really tough. Like I'm I'm the king of this forest. You have to do what I say. But then you find out he gets bullied by like the other cats that are like in his little gang like all the time. Yeah, I mean he he is kind of the boss of everybody though, but. Then he's once something happens. I don't know how far you want to get into spoilers with this, but something happens and he like kind of has a turnaround and mm-hmm. he sort of becomes the boss in a, in a different kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and he's just, he's kind of nasty mm-hmm. in the Japanese. He's way nastier than oh, yeah. the English version. He's he, like, I want to kill you, Unico. And Unico's like, I don't even know you. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. Are you my in, real dad. In- I don't know. <laughs> In the uh, in the Japanese version, he's voiced by Ichiro Nagai, who does who did a lot of a uh, voices of like creepy old dudes uh, in a yeah. lot of things. So like he he really comes off as like way more evil in the Japanese version. <laughs> in this one, I guess they tried to soften him a little. Like they're like, let's give him a cute nickname. He's Melvin the Magnificat. <laughs> uh, but he's still like. He he's one of those characters where you're like, oh, he's pretty. He's a pretty spineless sort of cowardly guy that just does whatever. The the first time I watched this movie, if you watch the first Unico movie, there's like 20 minutes where it has like an A plot, and then the rest of the movie is the B plot. And I was like, oh, when are we gonna get rid of this cat? Like, can we please get rid of him soon so we can get to the next part of the plot? And I was like, oh, we're not getting rid of this cat. No. This is there's no A and B plot, just one kids, and I was like, yep. oh man, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And what a what a plot. Well, the plot kind of goes places. Like it's interesting, but uh, we'll get to that. Um, yes. So eventually, we meet. Uh, uh, poor Unico is trying to get out of this forest because we also run into, uh, like I said earlier, the magician slash magician's apprentice named Toby, who is going around trying to turn all of the animals in the forest into puppets for some reason. We don't know yet. Mm. Uh, And of course, he's after Unico. Uh, Ironically, in the Japanese version, he is originally voiced by Suichi Ikeda, a.k.a. Char Aznable, (laughs) which amuses me greatly. (laughs) Because just imagine, like, because uh, Toby is, like, he's this very skinny, very blonde, pretty boy. Like, he has this hair that's, like, this gi- basically giant swooping bangs, and that's it. <laughs> he's he's the cute boy in this movie. Friends. Yes. But he also wears this, like, ridiculous sort of, like, har- oh. harlequin costume almost. <laughs> so weird it's got antennae on the hood and a big cape so it almost looks like he has no arms yeah he basically looks like a giant umbrella with arms (laughs) (laughs) like every like i think only two or three times in the movie you actually see like he has like a body and clothes under there (laughs) and the rest of the time it's just this giant poofy like cloak that looks legitimately like a big umbrella (laughs) <laughs> like oh. it's so weird uh but he has like the little hood that's kind of like a jester or a harlequin kind of deal but it looks weird with his big swooping hair because it kind of looks like bug antenna it does <laughs> i was kind of expecting them the jingle that didn't happen no <laughs> some pointy shoes 
he does have like kind of pointy shoes i think they look like little like again like kind of like a jest a jester or an elf or something um but yeah he's going around zapping people <laughs> like it literally is like almost like a laser beam zap it's like pew pew <laughs> and he has really terrible aim yeah <laughs> so it takes him a while to hit something <laughs> but um a, uh after Unico escapes from the from the forest we meet Sherry who we also find out this isn't really a spoiler cuz this is just the first tiny bit of the <laughs> the beginning of the movie is that Sherry is Toby's sister and Toby left his family like I think they said three years ago in the dub and nobody has heard from him since uh but what we find out is that Toby went to learn magic from the evil Lord Karuku and uh friends Lord Karuku is terrifying <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like the eyes the eyes uh, he's like this weird little sort of like what you see in anime as like drawn like little old men or little old women like it's that sort of pointy face with big bug eyes but he also has these weird fingers that have little like balls on the end of them and he like legitimately if you if you really pay attention to his like facial animation his body animation he's constantly like morphing slightly like, his face will get bigger and then smaller, and then it'll, his eyes will bug out, and then they'll shrink back down. Like, he's constantly, like, morphing. It's very unsettling. <laughs> it's, it's not cute. Like, it reminds me of some, of one of those weird sea creatures, like, either the frogs that puff up, or, like, yeah. those creepy fish, like a puffer fish, almost. Yeah. And I'm terrified of fish, so once I saw this guy, I was like, no, thank you. And he flies around in a bubble, like, it's very aquatic-y, but it's, you don't really ever see him go in the water. It's, it's a very interesting choice for a character design, and it's mm -hmm. very flowy. Like, the animation style is very flowy, and he tends to have these rainbow laser lights all around him. Yes, which... that is something I should point out, that if you are sensitive to flashing lights, please Ooh. don't watch this movie. <laughs> because there are a lot of flashing colors, flashing lights. It is... Like, if you are prone to seizures from light sensitivity, this will probably set it off really badly. You know, this was done in the 80s before people were more knowledgeable about that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yes. So this was before the Pokemon warning. Uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so if it's you really bad, if you are sensitive to those kinds of things, I would skip it uh, or I don't know, maybe test out the first little bit of it. But it's it's a lot. Even me, like, I don't have light sensitivity. And I'm like, there is a lot of flashing going on. And it's very distracting sometimes. Yeah, if if I were to watch this in a theater, I had a headache just watching it on my television. So I was like, oh, man, I don't have light sensitivity either. But maybe I do now that I'm sitting here, like, squinting at Unico and the Island of Magic. Yeah, because they do that flashy color flashing um, animation effect that was very prevalent in like the 80s uh for a lot of stuff for this especially when it comes to lord kuruku uh like when he's floating around 
or when he's shooting his finger, weird finger lasers. Ooh, it's creepy. Um, you get a lot of that. Uh, and when Toby, sometimes when he uses his magic, you get that too. Uh, which also is like just very jarring. <laughs> like when whenever they use magic, it's not like really happy, sparkly, nice magic like you're used to seeing in anime. It's very just like pew pew lasers I'm gonna get you like evil magic <laughs> it's very it's not unico magic that's for sure it's, it's like the not. complete opposite of unico magic mm -mm, mm -mm. but uh yes so this will be at the point where I'll, I'll give you all trigger warnings for like uh this has uh body horror in it this has a lot of children in peril uh, this, it there is a lot going on in this uh so we are from this point forward we're going to talk spoilers so again if you don't mind spoilers you can keep listening if not definitely stream this movie because it is wild and like the animation in it is because it is an 80s feature-length movie and it was backed by sanrio as well as tezuka pro like the animation is stunning because it was done by like studio madhouse all of these like really amazing animators in their prime during the bubble era so like the animation is very like lush the 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 backgrounds are beautiful the colors are super vibrant especially if you're watching this on blu-ray it's like stunning it's so colorful but in like this dark sort of creepy fairy tale way it's really nice to look at. It also looks leagues better than the first movie. The first movie is covered in film grain. Mm -hmm. And I didn't notice hardly any film grain at all in this movie. Mm -hmm. So it's gorgeous and also terrifying. Yes. Yes. So from here on out, spoilers, you've been warned. Don't say I didn't warn you. Okay. <laughs> so when I said body horror... I legitimately mean, like, okay, so, yeah, we already talked about how, like, in the first little bit of the movie, we already know everyone's getting turned into puppets, right? Like, these weird living puppets. But mm -hmm. they're not puppets in the traditional sense. You think, oh, so they look like Pinocchio or something like that. No. No. Mm -hmm. So when I was <laughs> watching this movie uh, the other day, my partner had never seen this movie before, and he was watching it with me. And... His first his first observation was, wow, those things look like creepers from Minecraft. Oh. <laughs> and you know what? They kind of do. Oh, my gosh. They're these, I, uh, they're these weird, blocky, like, they look like moving, um, almost like paper dolls, but they're, like, three-dimensional. They're, like, these square brick people. Yes, they, I think they're wooden blocks. And they look like puppets that aren't even finished. There's no strings on them. Mm -hmm. They just look like kind of people made out of, I call them Lego people. Yeah, that's also another, like, you know, they're very blockish. They're very square. There's no, like, it's, round parts to them, really. And they have eye holes and, like, a mouth hole and a nose. And you can't really differentiate one from another except for the ones that you're supposed to, like... um like the cats certain in the beginning. Yeah, the cats at the beginning. Um, also, once can I, <laughs> someone gets turned. <laughs> can I say, I think it's hilarious that like, okay, so the little cats that were the friends of Melvin, 
that are like yelling and screaming and then they, they get turned into puppets. I think it's hilarious that the one cat that was the, the loudest and the meanest had very like prominent balls drawn on him. <laughs> like you could see his little yeah. balls and he was the first one to get turned into a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's so funny because like they're all like rough and tough, all these little cats, and then Melvin comes up and he's like, ah, don't kill me, let me be your your assistant, I'll do the dirty work for you. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. really. He, he basically turns into Toby's like right hand assistant, so he's like the assistant's assistant, and um, yeah, he turns into like a real problem, <laughs> like. It, it, it this cat like he and he hates Unico for some reason which we never really understand cat hates Unico and so he's always looking for Unico so Unico can become a puppet and luckily the the poor little unicorn is flying around too fast and Toby has such terrible aim that he can never catch him but yeah thank goodness um did we mention he rides on a on a tree trunk motorcycle <laughs> Yes, because that, cool? that made my life <laughs> that is like there is so many like just neat things going on in this story that i'm like since this is an original story for the movie like i wish i could have been there when they were all like throwing out ideas like they're like okay we're gonna have this kid he's gonna be turning people into puppets yes good what else he's gonna ride a magical floating tree trunk that's like a motorcycle yes i love it do it perfect it's going in <laughs> like so many just weird and interesting ideas that like on paper sound crazy but they totally work in the movie <laughs> like it's it's very just fantastical and cool looking yeah i think it it makes up for a lot of the the lack of plot that's in this movie but it's like it's so cool to look at and it's so weird what's the plot of this movie eh. <laughs> yeah the plot is kind of like at once it's like very simple but also all over the place and that's kind of i feel like that's kind of normal for a kid's movie though especially ones back in the day because like i feel like a lot of people were like oh we're gonna do this amazing kids movie it's going to have this, 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 and this. And then, like, you have to try to streamline it all. And you're like, oh, maybe that was too much. Oh, well, who cares? It's a kid's movie. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I know there's the theme of um, transformation that's going on throughout this entire movie. So, like, how many things can we transform? And to what ways can we transform them? Oh, I know. Let's turn all the human beings into living puppets. Yes. Or but... living dolls and ship them off <laughs> the the crazy part of the whole like living puppet thing is just that like supposedly while they are these puppets they they are fully aware of everything that's going on so that's where like i i feel like the body horror oh. uh tag comes in because like theoretically this is terrifying to me that you are like not only turned into a puppet but like they also have no control over their bodies uh, Toby controls where they go and what they do. And I was like, oh, God, that sounds horrifying. <laughs> and one of the first thing he makes all these puppets do is w march into this, like, flying magic ship to be sent off to uh, this magical uh, nightmare island. <laughs> oh, and, man. And the thing that kills me is that, like, 
it's not just like, okay, he's going to, you know, Pied Piper them like right onto the ship and off they go. It's almost like he's being extra cruel because he makes the way into the ship like partially underwater for no mm-hmm. reason. <laughs> it's it's creepy. Like, I think this is the part that started to creep me out the most when, especially when he turns his parents into mm-hmm. these puppets. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. Why did you do that? Okay, maybe you can, like, hide them behind the fireplace and hope that they don't get burned to death. Oh, no. Nope. They're the same as everybody else. You're going to march them two by two like they're going on to Noah's Ark, dunk them under the river or wherever they are, and then shove them on a boat like like little Tetris pieces or something. And I was like... Oh my god, this is horrible. Like this right? is terrible. This is a children's movie. This is a children's movie and you're seeing these puppets that used to be like all the people of their village, all the animals of the forest and Sherry and Toby's parents getting marched into this giant magic boat. Uh while they also go underwater for again, no reason. No explanation why they have to march partially underwater, which like I don't think I really fully noticed that when I was a child, but as an adult rewatching it, you're like, that's legit horrifying. Why is he doing that? There's literally no reason why. Like, that's so cruel. <laughs> Let's just dunk I mean, these living puppets into the ocean for like, you know, a little while and then they can come out and then they can come on the slave ship and I can take them away. <laughs> Like, oh, no, no, no. Mm-mm. I don't like that at like all. I, I control you now, bitches. This is horrible. Yeah. Horrible. It, and then oh. when they get to the island, it's even worse. Yeah, yeah. When they get to the island, you find out that the reason Lord Karuku is making these puppets is so he can build a castle And the puppets are the bricks. So literally he is living in this giant castle made of bodies. Uh, It is legitimately horrifying. I was so creeped out. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, I didn't know Unico was about human trafficking. Great. (gasps) This is going to haunt me until I die. It made me wonder if this was supposed to be sort of like some sort of social commentary a la like, you know, uh, brick in the wall, like Pink Floyd sort of thing. Uh, Because if it is, that is like a very horrifying way to show it. (laughs) Well, I honestly thought it was that it had to do with some kind of social commentary. And I was like, that is really profound for For a a children's movie. movie? Yeah. The kids aren't going to get this, but me sitting on my couch i'm like oh my god this is awful but then i don't know if it actually went that far as as the end of the movie will take us but it it's something that you really think about and you're like am i reading too much into this mm-hmm. probably yeah because but... you also mentioned like you know capitalism and i feel like that could also be like an allegory for that like i feel like there could be some really interesting um, editorials written on like what the meaning of Unico's uh, <laughs> castle made entirely of humans. <laughs> I mean, it's oh. it's almost like a reverse. Um, uh, what is it? The Junji Ito short story, the the Amagara Fault. 
the this mm-hmm. hole was made for me. <laughs> Instead of this hole was made for me, this is like, oh no, I've been made into a wall. It's it's really if you're if you're more aware of everything that's going on in the world and stuff and you're not, you know, five years old watching this on the Disney Channel, yeah. it makes you think a lot of terrible things. And mm-hmm. I was just like this is awful. Like, I was like, I can't believe you're shoving all these people onto a boat and taking them and turning them into human Tetris pieces. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, ho- it's horrible to, to think about. And I was like, that's, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, this is a children's movie. This is a children's movie. This is a children's movie. But is it a children's movie? I mean, yes and no. It is made by adults, you know, so. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me uh, stick all of my social commentary in my movie about cute little unicorns. I vaguely remember at one point in time, I saw somebody on Twitter had made a tweet. I tried to find it um, again, but I don't know if it had been deleted or I just wasn't like searching for the right keywords. But I remember somebody making a thread years ago about how their reading of this movie had to do with human trafficking and human slavery. Uh, Uh, That's what I thought. Specifically for the fact that, you know, Toby is basically a Pied Piper who is selling off his family into slavery, which is a thing that happened in many different parts of the world in different slave trades where people would be given special special treatment if they were like, okay, we won't make you a slave if you help us get your entire family. And uh, if you think of it that way, it's even worse. <laughs> like, ugh, oh my God. Uh, like, ooh, and it's bad. He's getting, he's getting very little from all this work that he's doing. He's getting the chance to maybe learn another spell. Because yeah. his goal is to be this master magician, to have as much power as Karuku. And he's like, well, maybe if I just do all of these horrible things, he'll teach me how to pull a rabbit out of my hat. And I'm just mm-hmm. like... Yeah, you, you would think... With the, with the way Toby talks in the beginning of the movie, you, you would think that he was just like this master of spells already. And that Karuku was really teaching him all this like amazing magic but you find out later that like he doesn't even know how to legitimately turn people back from being a puppet he just knows how to turn them into a puppet because Karuka didn't teach him how to undo it he just taught him how to do it and to be fair why would he teach him how to undo it if he wants to turn every person in the universe and every living being into these castle pieces why why would he bother teaching his apprentice how to undo it? Only he would know how to undo it. And then also he plans on turning Toby into one when he's done with him. So yep. he's yep. like the epitome of evil. Oh, yeah. Like Karuku is legit like the most evil uh, Sanrio villain in any of these movies. Like I think he's even more terrifying than the wolf in the um, the ringing bell because his whole backstory is so just like weird and tragic but then he turns out to be this like very smart and cunning and evil being um like i guess since we're in this the spoiler territory anyway it doesn't really matter we can go into that backstory but you find out that lord karuku is like incredibly evil magician 
is turning people into puppets because he used to be a puppet, but was mistreated and tossed away. And he was so full of hate that he, like, literally brought himself to life to get revenge on all of humanity for being mistreated. <laughs> He's literally yeah. powered by spite. <laughs> he lives on his hate, and it's yeah. it's really bad. And I think the story, this is where the Japanese and the dub translation differed, because in the Japanese, they say that um, he was a puppet who was always dressed up like a magician and an old witch. And in the English version, they say that he was owned by a magician and an old witch. Hmm. Um, so really, that's how he got his magical knowledge was because he had to play act them as pup as a puppet the whole time. And so when they threw him away because the strings got all tangled and everything and he washed up at the end of the world and he got revitalized by this one patch of sunlight that was there for hundreds and hundreds of years and then was like oh i am fueled by hate i hate everything that lives and breathes time to turn them into building blocks i was just like wow see i feel like that makes more sense it makes me wonder if in the english version like their translation wasn't so good so that's how that's how that part came along i don't know because even if, like, he was owned by a witch and a magician, that would not explain how he became a magician. Like, they literally are just like, he was just fueled by hate and came to life. But, I mean, honestly, it is a kid's movie, so if you think about it too hard, like, you know, it's going to fall apart <laughs> anyway. Uh, but it definitely does make a little bit more sense in the Japanese version. But again, this was, like, originally translated and dubbed in, like, the early 80s to the early to mid eighties, I believe. So. Right. And I'm not sure who did the subtitled version, if discotheque did it themselves or if it came from somewhere, but it definitely is, is slightly different than mm -hmm. the ink, the old English dub as it, as it rightfully should be. So. And also like the, the fact that like to, to learn how to defeat Lord Karuku, uh, like you said, Yuriko and Sherry have to travel literally to the, quote, end of the world where all the trash ends up. So it's like this really kind of creepy place that is just like an ocean, like a beach with just these piles and piles of like rotting like toys and things. Um, the vibe kind of reminded me of like the the end of Evangelion where it's just that weird sea with all the stuff sticking out of it. <laughs> That's kind of what it reminded me of. It gave me that kind of weird, creepy vibe, like le legit, like this is the end of the world. Like that's all there is, is just stuff and the ocean. I was like, wow, that's my future home. Me with all of my trash. <laughs> just roll around in it. <laughs> Be like, oh, there's all my figures that are still in the box. Hello. Here here are my four copies of Diabolic Lovers just waiting for me at the end of the world full of trash. <laughs> it also made me wonder if, like, um, if uh, Ikuhara watched this movie at all. Because, like, the whole, like, end of the world concept thing I thought was interesting. Uh, that, like, this was this weird place that you had to travel very, very far to... And to get knowledge uh, from, uh, I think in the Japanese, they just called him the rocking horse. But in the English version, he was the Trojan horse. 
Yeah. They called him Mokuba in the Japanese. I don't remember if they called him anything else, but in the English, he's definitely the Trojan horse and he's creepy too. Yeah, he's this giant like, rocking horse. His weirdo dangly eyeball. <laughs> he he's this giant rocking horse that's painted like a merry-go-round horse. Um and he was just like under a pile of stuff that they had to like clean him off. <laughs> like cuz he was so just filthy from sitting there for years and years, but he was like they had to go there because he was like one of the oldest creatures on the planet and he knew the 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 story of Karuku and that would give them a insight into how to defeat him and possibly get everyone back from being puppets. <laughs> and we, and this is how we find out the backstory of Karuku that they had to travel all this way to figure out. And in between that, they had to like go to a whole bunch of places to be like, uh, do you know how to defeat <laughs> Karuku? Do you, do yeah. you, uh, like it, it was this weird sort of like, uh, Kind of like, they were like, well, we don't really know how to fill this time, so we're just going to have them wander about and do, like, some weird shit for a while and, like, animate, like, a part where they go to, like, Demon Island where there's all these screaming, yeah. like, weird baby demons. It was so sad. It's really annoying, though. Oh, yeah. If you don't like loud noises, oof, you will not like Little Monster Island or whatever it is. Yeah, they because they, they this, cry. They go to this place called Demon Island, and apparently they get there just after Toby has left, and he has turned all of the parents of these little baby demons into puppets and sent them away. I don't know how he missed that many baby demons and didn't turn them into puppets and send them away. Uh, but there's like all these little, <laughs> there's all these little baby demons, and they're cute and weird, but like they start crying and screaming because their parents are gone and it is like kind of also horrifying like if you hate children the the screams and the cries of children like this is like imagine a room of like 50 kids all screaming at once that's what it is and it goes on for four minutes it's, no joke oh yeah it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard it's pretty bad because <laughs> especially cause, in the english dub Oh, yeah, because they literally, I think they literally got some kids to, like, record some of it because it literally sounds like a bunch of kids just screaming for four minutes straight about how they miss their mommy and daddy. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Which is, again, when I turned to my partner who was, had, had never seen this movie and he is a teacher. And I was like, is that what it's like being a teacher? And he was like, absolutely. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Sometimes he's like, yes, absolutely. That is sometimes how it be when you a teacher. <laughs> but um, yeah, they had to do all this stuff. So like the plot gets a little uh, draggy around that part. But the whole end of the world thing is like really interesting to me. I always thought that was a really weird and cool little thing. Um, but also while like all this is going on, you know, Toby is still like building this castle and stuff. So when they come back, Toby's like, oh no, why are you here? You should not be here. And he turns Sherry and Unico into toys, not puppets, because he's like, I know how to untransform you if I turn you into a toy. And he tries to hide them away. He, he Because he's like, you know, oh no, Lord Karuku, they're just children. Let me take care of them. They're no big deal. <laughs> and, he, and he hides them away. And there's this really cool scene 
like, I think this is one of my favorites because this is one that's like sort of like ingrained in my brain when I think of this movie. But there's this scene where like Karuku finds them and he's like, it's this really weird scene where he's like, sort of like dance for me puppets and he brings out all these toys and they like kind of bounce around and there's music and like a weird little funky laser light show and um sherry as a doll and unico as a little like he's kind of like one of those little block pulley toys sherry does this little sort of dancing thing and the animation there is so cool like it's very artsy and and uh sort of like experimental looking, like when you think of experimental like animation, like from the 70s and 80s. Yes, it's it's gorgeous. That whole sequence, it's kind of like a very, it's like a very childrenized acid trip is how I thought of it. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know why this is here, but it's pretty cool. Like, look at all these floating things. This is great. And it was in that moment, I was like, wow, this reeks of the 80s because the character design of the doll is just like, reminded me of galaxy express and i was like oh this is weird i was like this is this is strange why is this happening in the middle of this because right before this something else happened that is terrifying thing in the movie are we talking about the weird like dragon thing Yes. Oh my god, the weird dragon thing. I was like, oh, we have to talk about... Someone on Twitter was also like, please talk about the weird dragon thing. <laughs> because Everybody that... wants to talk about the weird dragon thing. I use this clip in a panel that I do, and it's <laughs> the weird dragon thing. That's it for 34 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, so I'm assuming that Karuku, like, found a dragon and turned it into a giant toy. Like, this is never explained like no i don't we don't know what this dragon thing is or where it came from or what it originally looked like but it's like one of those little you know those little wind-up toys where you pull it back and you let go and yeah. it goes zoom like <laughs> it's like a giant version of that and it's a dragon it's but creepy it is really like he has these like really big buggy eyes and he shoots fire out of his mouth and in the Jap in the Japanese version he kind of just goes around going like wah wah wah, wah. yeah but in the <laughs> but in the dub he just kind of goes ah loudly like what? very very loudly just ah for no reason it's the funniest and most terrifying thing i've ever seen yeah because he's like 50 feet tall and he keeps chasing sherry and unico and he, i feel he's, like he's supposed to be like a guard dog but yes. he doesn't do a very good job of it instead he just kind of screams really really loudly and i watched this with my boyfriend too who had never seen it and he was like what is that annoying thing can you please make it stop <laughs> i'm like it is terrifying he's like it's not terrifying it's just stupid i said no I'm going to have nightmares tonight and it will be this screaming wooden dragon thing that looks like it should be dragged around by a leash or something. Like, it is weird. And at one point he does, like, he kind of chomps them and he, like, traps them in his mouth and then he spits them out later. Yeah, he does. It's, yes. It's the weirdest thing. And it's right after he kind of, like, chases them around for a little while that 
um, Toby comes and turns him into toys. And I was just like, yep. oh, good. Maybe he'll stop now. No, he comes <laughs> no, back. No, he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's at least three specific scenes with him <laughs> like and each time you're like oh what is this and we literally never find like even at the end where like stuff is starting to go back to normal we never see this dragon again and i'm like but, but what happened to him <laughs> where, where'd he go <laughs> I was kind of, when when I was a kid, I was very disappointed that we did not see, like, what that dragon looked like not as a toy. Because I was like, oh, maybe he's, like, this beautiful, elegant, pretty dragon that got turned into this goofy, horrifying toy. Uh, but no, we nobody, nobody ever returns to that. <laughs> Which and I was why like, is it, yeah, and why is it just him? Like, this is the only other thing that's not a Tetris piece, is this thing right here. Other than those other weird tiny little toys that we see later in that one scene. In like, the that's dance it. scene. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And I don't know. I, in my head, I have it to where, like, he found this dragon, and he was like, this dragon is actually kind of cool. I'm not going to turn him into a block. He's going to be my weird guard dog. <laughs> And that, the end. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of sad that, like, they never did anything with that. Because, like, why would you make such a terrifying little dragon thing and then not tell us what happened to it? <laughs> is, this poor, is this poor dragon still that toy? Like, is he still on the island all alone just going, ah! <laughs> like, help me! Ah! <laughs> Stuck there forever. It's the big pool toy. Screaming. Screaming his terrible scream with his terrible bug eyes. Oh my god. Uh, what, this movie what, and the bug eyes, it's just that's probably the creepiest part for me. What if that's where the Island of Misfit Toys got started? <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I made it oh, worse. No. <laughs> Rudolph is ruined forever. Forever. But, um, (laughs) yeah, we find out, like, after all this, we find out, like I said, uh, Karuku's, like, whole backstory, and they come back, and, you know, Yuriko's like, well, how do I defeat Karuku? And the Trojan horse is basically like, well, you're so good, you're so pure, like, only you can defeat him. And it's like, oh, so basically Karuku is, like, the polar opposite of Unico, and so they have to fight. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm like, you know, Unico never does anything bad or wrong, except for the very traumatic uh, final battle scene where Unico grows this giant horn and literally punches a hole through Karuko's guts. <laughs> and it's it's kind of like gruesome like it doesn't show like anything like super gory or anything but you are like that unicorn literally just punched a hole through that guy i mean he apologized first he's like i'm gonna (laughs) have to fight you i'm so sorry and karuka's just like yeah what are you gonna do little small fry and then it's like bam and then he's like oh Oh, no. And poor Unico. See, and this is where I think it kind of like devolved for me because I'm so tired of the power of friendship endings that are in everything. (laughs) And the first one, like I was bawling through the end of it because 
the first the whole first one i don't want to spoil it too much but it basically kind of ends in the fact that um are all these people gonna be lonely again because unico is gone and, and as a kid i was like what happens if all my friends don't want to be friends with me anymore am i gonna be lonely and is this gonna be my life like what's gonna happen and then this one he just flat out says to kuruku he's like you're lonely. And Kruku's like, what? He's like, I hate everything. I am fueled by hate. Like, you don't understand. And Unico's like, no, you're lonely. And then he gets a horn through the gut. And he's like, oh, I am kind of lonely. And I was like, oh, here we go. Well, that's that's another thing that I thought was really sort of unnecessary. Because it's like, well, you literally just killed him. You don't have to, like, sit there and be like, you're we're just lonely. Like, Man, if he was just lonely, just you should have been like, you know, have a kiss, and now you're friends, and that's the end. But no, you exactly. literally, you literally murdered. Him. <laughs> and the worst part is in the English dub, like Unico doesn't seem to realize he has like punched a hole through him. Like he's like, no. oh, I I barely touched you, and he's like, no, you didn't. Ah, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> And then he starts on this weird, like, whining soliloquy of how his hate is leaving his body because Unico keeps saying that he'll be his friend and he'll love him. He's like, well, now that I don't have any hate in me, how am I supposed to exist? And it's literally, like, not, like in other children's things where it, it would go back to normal or the person would be a human again or whatever magical ending you want to come up with. No, no, he's dead. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. not coming back to life. He's donezo. Yeah. Honestly, to, to be perfectly honest, they should have just left it as like Unico punched a hole through that motherfucker and now he's dead. <laughs> like, I, I thought it was weird that they were like, oh no, like we also have to like, melt all the hate in his heart and then he will disappear like i uh, i guess that's to make the magic reverse i don't know but I, you would think killing him would make the magic reverse so eh. but yeah like it is kind of a weird ending but the whole fact that like unico literally kills a man is uh <laughs> pretty like dark honestly <laughs> I mean, it, it got really dark in the first movie also. And mm-hmm. honestly, the first one's a little more, like, scary for small children, I guess. And the way that it ended is it, it basically the same, except without the explanation that he's lonely and, mm-hmm. and that the hate mm-hmm. is gone now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of it's kind of what unico does like he kills the hate in everybody and makes them love well it just so happens that this guy can't live on love so he's out the door forever yes Um, because as we learned he he is in fact fueled entirely by hate (laughs) (laughs) it's just so unnecessary like they're trying to teach me a moral lesson and trying to make me cry because what if i had no friends as a kid when i was watching this and be like i'm so lonely yeah yeah why am i gonna end up like this creepy puppet guy killed by a unicorn horn through the gut i think that also says stuff about like you know the kids media at the time like i think this was at the height of the 80s where uh people felt very forced into like shoehorning in like some sort of moral story into the story to make it like more acceptable for parents to take their kids to see a cartoon or whatever you know, make them feel slightly better about plopping their kids down in front of the TV for two hours. <laughs> it, but 
Oof. Heavy, man. It's a little rough. I mean, when I first saw this as a kid, it was, like, very, like, oh, wow, yeah, no, being bad is bad, and, you know, friendship, good. uh." But, like, as an adult, you're like, yeah, okay, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more traumatized by, the again, the fact that Unico shish-kebobbed this guy. (laughs) Like, very, very not on screen graphically, but like you literally see him go through the other side of this character. <laughs> it's not shown it's not shown on screen, but you do see just like like <laughs> first he's in front of him and now he's behind him. <laughs> I barely touched you, no Unico. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Unico what did you think you were doing? Like, mmm Mm. Uh, it's just like it's I just think it's so funny that he literally apologizes to him first that he's gonna have to fight him and I was like Mm -hmm. he's evil he's evil and fueled by hate just get it over with like but that's Unico for you he's so pure and so sweet and well also it's like you know I you know as someone who has anxiety I also over apologize for things that aren't my fault (laughs) all the time so I was like you too you know, that's a mood that he, s- someone's like, you know, turning all of your friends and family into living. Pu- I'm so I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you or anything. Are you OK? <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Could you just not do that anymore? <laughs> that would be great. Please be a good guy. Please turn everybody back. No, you're not going to turn everybody back. No. All right. Well, I'm so sorry, but I'm just going to have to force you to turn everybody back and do the good thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, I hope this isn't too much. Yeah, I'm I'm really sorry about it. Like, I I was surprised that Unico didn't turn into the big Unico, though. He does. Because nobody loved him enough for him to turn into the big Unico to kill him. Well, he turns into the big Unico when they're traveling to the end of the world. And it was because Sherry, like, legit uh, uh, did something that proved that she loved him as a friend. And so whenever that happens, Unico turns into big, super overpowered unicorn Pegasus and has, like, like, uh, basically a super Saiyan (laughs) power-up. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) It's really but, pretty, okay. too. So, I don't remember in the English dub version, but in the Japanese, she didn't realize that Unico had turned into the big unicorn until after they got to... um, at, When they stopped flying. Did yeah, they when say they that get... in the English at all? Yeah, she says it really quickly. She's like, oh, that was you, Unico? Like, she kind of just says it very quickly, and then they go off to find the Trojan horse. Um, so, like, it's pretty easy to miss if you're not listening. They they try to shoehorn a lot of plot into, like, throwaway lines sometimes, which is, <laughs> which is a problem with kids' stuff. They're just like, oh, we don't have an explanation for this. Oh, just have a character say blah, blah, blah. It's fine. Right. And <laughs> on their on their magical journey, they're, at first they're not even looking for the Trojan host. They're looking for a sphinx. Yeah, because the sphinx and then they- has, like, all of human knowledge or something. And they don't even find her. They find the daughter of the Sphinx, which is this cute little sort of baby lion cub thing, which is very. She's really annoying. (laughs) She's very cute, but annoying, Um, which like I was like, did they just want another character to sell toys of like, (laughs) 
Why are I we doing this? So. I would buy that toy. Uh, Listen, yeah, once Sanrio I, comes out with a Unico line, I am I will buy all the plush. You, you know, the sad thing is, like, they make a ton of Unico stuff in Japan, but, like, no one ever sells it because I don't think people in Japan realize that, like, kids are, that kids in America also grew up with Unico, just not in the same big way that, like, Japan did. So, like, no one ever sells any Unico things here, like, ever. And it makes me no. mad because I would buy all the Unico things. <laughs> But, like, the, literally the only time I ever find Unico things for sale is if I look up, like, stuff on Yahoo Japan. And that gets really annoying. <laughs> and very the, expensive! <laughs> yeah. The only time I've ever seen any was in a crane prize. And, boy, I sure spent 30 bucks trying to win that stupid foldable cardboard box that Unico was on. <laughs> Never got it. I was like, it's like, awful. Just give me the box. I have seen, like, they've made Unico plushies multiple times in Japan, but um, they're always sold in just, like, uh, these specialty stores in Japan that don't ship to America. So, yeah. Like, uh, I think the last time there was a Unico anniversary, like, Village Vanguard, which is a shop in Japan, had, like, tons of Unico stuff, but nobody sold any of it online because they were like, you know, oh, that's not a popular thing for Americans. I'm not going to resale that. Nobody likes Unico. I'm like, no, I do like Unico. <laughs> Damn <laughs> Give me it. my plush. Oh, and then like the only time I ever see them on eBay is people who are like, you want this Unico thing? It's a hundred dollars for a four inch plush. And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, Not that you. much, thank you, eBay person. <laughs> uh, I no. mean, for real, like I would buy that plush. I the be like the there's a Beazle or whatever his name is in Japanese in the first movie. That's mm -hmm. like the little animal mascot. And for some reason, when I was rewatching this, I was like, isn't Beazle in this movie? And I'd forgotten that it was a little lion that has no name. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's I replacement Beazle. <laughs> I think she has a name, but, like, you have to actually, like, look it up because they don't really call her that. Um, I think it's something like Megu. I can't remember. But it, yeah, it feels like she's just in there to, like, you know, here's another cute character for you to buy. And also, we need to add, like, I don't know, 15 extra minutes of the movie in there somewhere. <laughs> actually, I just grabbed the... Um, Unico manga because I forgot to flip through this before we were recording and it looks like this like I totally forgotten about this but this character uh, who I got the name wrong earlier her name is Marusu yeah Marusu and she was actually in the manga so she is based off of she's l loosely based off of the character that was in the manga so I guess she was put in there to, you know, as something for the fans of the original manga. Uh, but the, the story that she's in isn't really, like, I guess it's... Maybe this was kind of the story that they based off of, but it's completely different. Um, I guess they just decided to sort of shoehorn her in there somehow. I don't know. Anyway... So, like, I, yeah, like I said earlier, like, the middle part of the movie, like, kind of drags a little bit. 
um, once you get to the, their whole, like, okay, we need to go on this adventure to figure out how to kill uh, Lord Karuku. <laughs> and then it just kind of goes off on this weird tangent where they're just going around doing random stuff for, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. It's weird. But, um... But, yeah, the, the end of the movie ends very similarly to how the end of the first Unico movie ends, where... Once again, everyone's happy and the day is saved and Unico has friends, but oh no, that means the gods might find him. So the West Wind comes and picks him up again and wipes his memory and they're off to drop him off on to some other godforsaken place where he will probably have another crazy, wacky adventure. And uh, everyone goes around going, where's Unico? Where'd, where's Unico? Where did he go? It's, <laughs> it's sad. I mean, I bawled my eyes out the first time I watched this. Not going to lie. I'm like, oh, no, he's gone again. He'll never yeah. come back. You'll never see him. And the well, West Wind is always like, Unico will live on in, in Cherry's heart. And I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it ends. There's not really any other Unico anime. And uh, that's even kind of how the manga ends. Like, famously, Osamu Tezuka, you know, starts a lot of manga, doesn't always finish them. So Unico was kind of just like, and the West Wing takes him off again, and that's it. (laughs) Like, there is no happy ending for Unico. He just goes around... Uh, from place to place, trying to make people happy and not remembering a damn thing. For all eternity. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of horrifying in itself, honestly. Like, man, that's gotta suck to have, like, this whole infinite life of uh, uh, not remembering a single thing you ever do or where you came from. Unico, welcome to Amnesia Town, population <laughs> you. Yeah. It, uh, the ending is good, though, because all the Tetris people and all the Tetris piece animals do get turned back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and although we don't see what our dragon woodblock buddy turned into, <laughs> Karuku does turn back into a puppet. Yeah. A dead puppet. Yes, he is fully dead. He is just a lifeless puppet. And Cherry keeps him. What the fuck? Yeah, that's uh, a little weird. I was like, I really wouldn't want to keep something that could possibly come to life again and turn me into the same thing it is now. But okay, Cherry, good on you. You can have your little doll. Although, like, at the beginning of the movie... Toby tries to make her a little doll puppet, and she's like, that thing creeps me out. And then at the end, she <laughs> right? Which looks infinitely creepier. Right? And, al- and also, weird. we're talking about, we're talking about Karuku, who, like, you know, at one point when he finally turns Toby and Sherry into puppets, he literally just, like, turns them into puppets, like, laughs like a maniac, and then just casually walks away and has a conversation about his to-do list for the rest of the day <laughs> like he, he it, it's like he didn't even matter like it was just like another thing he was going to do and i was just like honestly that's kind of even more horrifying that he that he just casually is just like okay ho-hum did that what else what's next 
And, uh, woof. Yeah, I think also, I feel like Lord Karuku in the English is, like, slightly more creepy sounding than yes. the Japanese one. Because they do yes. this weird, like, reverb thing with his voice that is really odd. That makes his voice sound very, like, mechanic and almost insane at times. And um, shout out, shout out to his English voice actor is Jan Rabson. Um, he ironically was the voice of God in the first Unico movie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, but he has done tons of minor cartoon and anime voice acting over the years. Um, but he's probably best known as Tetsuo in the streamlined dub of Akira. Um, wow! But he was just so creepy in this movie, like. I don't. I think if he had any other voice, it wouldn't be as menacingly creepy. But no, just the quality of his his acting and the the tone of his voice and the way he spoke was just like very unsettling. <laughs> it it's weird because when I watched this in Japanese, I felt I'm just watching a regular old anime movie like I, I didn't feel as creeped out by it as I did mm -hmm. when I watched it in English whereas like this is legitimately terrifying like that creepy dragon thing is screaming at me Karuku sounds <laughs> really crazy Toby sounds like a wooden board he sounds like he's one of the puppets like what before you know everything and I was just like it's amazing that the power in English dub can have to transform an entire piece of media just by getting different actors and changing the language. It was like a completely different movie, mm -hmm. honestly. Totally. Um, this is one of the rare times where like, I honestly prefer the dub of the oh, Unico films over mm -hmm. the Japanese, like the Japanese ones are good, but like, I feel like there was some extra sort of care and attention paid to like, the tone of stuff like they were like okay this movie is kind of creepy what if we made it even creepier <laughs> yes it, you can what totally if we, tell what if we wanted to make children literally shit their pants <laughs> <laughs> and check i mean if you want to hear a cuter unico listen to the japanese version because unico in japanese is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, you yeah, like the yeah. cute fluffy stuff. But like if you I think if you want to watch this movie as rightfully intended, quote quote, as in extremely the terrifying creepo version, you gotta watch it in English. Like mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. no comparison. Cause the English version, I felt like I was watching like this bang out production of something that's supposed to make me cry in a corner because I'm scared but I mean the Japanese one I was just like okay I'm watching an anime it's just, I yeah. don't know it feels weird to to say that but when you watch it dubbed at least for me I didn't feel like I was watching an anime or you know some other translation of an anime I was like oh this is Unico the movie like this mm -hmm. is what it is mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why, you know, maybe it's the fact that, like, this had Sanrio backing, that more care was really done with, like, the casting and the rewriting and all that stuff. Um, you know, that could be it. But it was just, like, the production value of this dub is very high and very good, especially for its time. Like, this was done in the 80s. So, you know, most of the time, 
anime from back then was they they were basically redubbing it to do like a quick like make a few bucks like they're like oh we'll put like you know an english voice track on this we'll repackage it as something else we'll resell it it'll be fine like a lot <laughs> a lot of the people who worked in this dub also were in the very horrible uh dub uh of nausicaa of the valley of wind called warriors of the wind which was complete garbage <laughs> oh girl but, i had that on one of those vhs tapes too mm-hmm, and i mm-hmm. didn't know it was different until i saw it in the theater <laughs> as an adult and i was like i don't remember any of this <laughs> yeah because they were like mm, let's just cut this up and make something else and make a quick buck out of it <laughs> like there's an extra 40 minutes at the end and i was like this this should have ended 40 minutes ago what is this environmental message i don't understand why doesn't the guy sound like a ninja turtle it was just so, it, i my mind was blown and i was like mm-hmm. man i really need to start watching stuff over from when i watched it years ago because it's crazy the way that it's it's different and in the 80s and the early 90s a lot of the anime that was brought over here and it wasn't a lot it was dubbed into english basically to to be shown on on television like saturday morning cartoons Mm -hmm. and things like that and so you have to play to a very broad audience as opposed to anime today where we dub you know 70% of whatever's airing in a season. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have so much more anime on a seasonal basis here now than what what came out back then. It's like a fire hose of content, like, at all times. It's like, (laughs) oh, how do we turn this off? There's so much anime now. Uh, But yeah, no, like, I feel like also, like, the the casting on this was really good. Like, famously, uh, like I said, a lot of Sanrio stuff had really solid casts that were, like, really talented people. It wasn't like, you know, a lot of stuff back then was like, uh, who can we call in at, the, like, the last minute that, and it won't cost us that much? <laughs> like, there was, a, there was a lot of, like, kids anime that went straight to video, too, that was just like, you know, hey, the rental market's really big now because it's the 80s. Uh, what's some stuff we can throw out so kids will beg their parents to let them rent this or that or the other thing? Because uh, I know I rented a whole lot of tapes when I was a kid that ended up being anime that I didn't know was anime until... A little later, you know. Uh, famously, <laughs> most of the Sanrio movies like this one. <laughs> but um, uh, I think one of the reasons I was drawn to, like, uh, Unico and, like, you know, the Sanrio movies, it, it was because it felt like there was a, a higher quality. It felt nicer, you know? Right. Kind of like, kind of like when you were a kid, you could tell, like, when you were renting a Disney movie versus when you were renting, like, you know, something that wasn't a <laughs> Disney movie. <laughs> It's just the quality of of things that were put out back then compared to the quality of things that are are out today. Like I could I could list for you all the random series that came out in the eighties that were made by greeting card companies of all people. Like greeting mm-hmm. card were, companies were the big money, and Sanrio that was huge. Um, if you look really carefully in this movie, there's a little tuxedo Sam, the penguin oh, yeah. from Hello mm-hmm. Kitty. In one of the scenes, if you look in the other Unico movie, I mean, they have that sweet Sanrio money. They're going to put that cameo in there and say, buy my toys. 
Oh, yeah. Like the kid would be like, why does that penguin look different than all the other things? Oh, well, because that's a Sanrio character. Exactly. Yeah, I think Sanrio money. I think Hello Kitty and Little Twin Stars were also in the first one. Like there was, uh, there's like this whole. I think it was in the it was in like the one of the musical montages, right? Where there's like just a bunch of random cute little characters pop up, and like in the background, you're like, oh, there's Hello Kitty, there's. There's Tuxedo Sam. There's Little Twin Stars. <laughs> and you're like, That's oh. That's my favorite. I know like those. my favorite scene in all of Unico. And I was it's... like, oh, just to watch it again. I was like, I love it so much. I love this song. I used to use <laughs> that in a panel that I did also. And I was like, see if you could find the little Easter eggs that were hidden in there. So, <laughs> right. I mean, they do their homework when it comes to this. And Madhouse, I mean, I'm I'm not all that familiar with what Madhouse did back in the 80s, but as time goes on, Madhouse consistently puts out good quality animation for their projects. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, famously they've done like the X movie. Uh, I think they did the the vampire hunter D bloodlust movie. I think they also worked on the card captor Sakura movies. Uh, I mean, they just, they know how to turn out an anime film like no other. And, uh, because of that, it's no wonder to me that uh, Kawajiri was on this. Because, I mean, say what you will about Kawajiri. He's a very, like, polarizing creator. But his movies look beautiful. Like, absolutely stunning animation. And, um, you know, this is no different. There is some really gorgeous animation in this. Um, there, Especially, like I said, like, that dancing scene is, like, super iconic to me. Uh, the whole... Mm-hmm at the end of the world thing really stuck in my head as a kid like uh it was so weird and and creepy but also beautiful and just like a lot of the basically just the character animation is like really really cool looking and man the castle made of people is ridiculously like creepy but also very cool looking <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought of when you said that um, the dude who worked on Wicked City was doing some of the scene composition. And I was like, okay, that makes sense now why there's a creepy castle full of wooden people. (laughs) I was was like, I get it. Because that movie was terrifying. And I don't know. I haven't seen that one in a hot minute either. Maybe I should revisit that to see if it was as scary now. Yeah, it was the first time that I watched it. There's a lot of really disgusting body horror in that. It's really fun to watch. <laughs> do you like uh, do you like characters with mouths coming out of their guts? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you like spider women with spider legs coming out of their sides and shit? Like, Kawajiri's your man. I mean, a lot of the women in his movies are naked. Does that help? <laughs> I mean, maybe this is something I probably shouldn't have watched <laughs> when I watched it. I mean, isn't that like <laughs> the motto of every anime fan who watched anime uh, like in the 80s, like as a child or a teenager? You're just like, hmm, I don't know if I should be watching this. <laughs> hmm, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should turn this off, but I'm I'm intrigued, <laughs> so I will keep watching. <laughs> I mean, gotta do what you gotta do, fam. That's. 
<laughs> okay, so we did get some listener questions. Not a whole lot, but I think it's because, like, people were too busy telling me how traumatized they were as a child watching this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's but talk we did about get their a- trauma. <laughs> but we did get a few questions. Um, I had an Anon question on Tumblr. Uh, that said, recently I watched this streaming and thought it was really surreal and stunning. Do you think this movie might have had an influence on people like Masaki Yuasa? Especially where Doll Sherry dances, it reminded me a lot of his work on Kaiba specifically. I didn't even think of that. Like, that's very possible. Now that you mention it, I do see a lot of similarities in that scene to stuff that I've seen from Yuasa, which take this with a grain of salt because it's not much, but Mm -hmm. I do, I do see just mostly in that scene though, because of how flowy the animation is. Yeah. And like that specific scene, like it uses more just like shapes and outlines rather than like the rest of the movie looks a little bit more like detailed but that specific scene is very, like, minimalist and, like, that's why I, I described it as sort of, like, that, quote, like, experimental store, sort of style. Like, it looks more blocky and, but at the same time, flowy. Um, but I think the comparison to Kaiba, like, I see what you mean there. Um, I think it's highly possible that he could have seen it and thought that was, like, the coolest shit ever, like, at some point. <laughs> because this seems like a movie that, like... You you also would have watched. Like, I feel like he would have watched this at some point, right? You would think. You would think so. I would yeah. hope so. I would hope that every <laughs> child in Japan has seen this movie and has <laughs> plus, been traumatized accordingly. Plus, like, just the way that, like, the story is so weird. And he's worked on a lot of just, like, things that people say is, quote, weird. So yeah. I feel like this would be in his wheelhouse, if not having an influence on it. I, I want to say that like he he probably would have at least seen it, maybe. But uh, but yeah, it could totally just be a coincidence. Maybe um, one of the key animators who did that scene. I was trying to see if I could find specifically if anyone knew like the key animators that worked on that specific scene, but I couldn't find anything, um, any specific names. Um, but maybe some of the key animators, uh, ended up working with him at some point. I don't know. That is a good question. If anyone out there knows for sure, (laughs) I would love to hear. If you know, like, email me, because, like, I would love to know that. That is a good question. Um, I got a question through email from Chris, and Chris is like, who is the creepier villain, the Baron from the first movie, or Lord Karuku. Oh, oh, mm. well, we we kind of talked about it a little earlier, but like I feel like they're very, they're both very creepy for different reasons. <sighs> you know, because like you were saying, the Baron is like, especially if you're like a woman, like the yeah. Baron is very creepy because he creeps on uh, Katie and like tries to like take her away and kidnap her, and it looks like he wants to. Like, gets her drunk. Yeah, it looks her. like. Yeah, mm. which is very like you know, it's a little too close to home for some women who have been <laughs> like, you know, 
I could go, Traumatized I could go over on the years. and on about the first movie and like my weird creepo theories that I have about the first one, but uh, <laughs> I we think, might have okay. to return to that someday then. Oh, hmm. That would be fantastic. <laughs> As in the fantastic adventures of oh. a, I think okay, so here's here's my theory. As an adult, Baron de Ghost is creepier. As a child, even though I didn't see Unico in the Island of Magic as a child, I think Karuku would be scarier to me. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like the Baron was like kinda creepy to me as a kid, but not so much that I was like terrified of him. But like as a child, Karuku, like, oh, like I was very scared. Like I think the first time I ever watched this movie, I couldn't watch it again for a while because I was like, that is scary. And if I watch it again, something scary might happen. And I don't know, like, oh, <laughs> scary, too scary. But then like, you know, uh, I was that weird kid who also liked scary things. So like after a while, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I scared myself. Ah! Nightmares <laughs> for weeks. Nightmares. But then of course That's I watched right. it when over I, and over I, when again. I was, a kid, I, I was terrified of Gremlins, like the movie oh, Gremlins. But oh, I same. can't tell you how many times I've watched Gremlins 2. Like... <laughs> Gremlins 2 is the shit, but the original Gremlins, I'm like, uh-uh, I can't watch it. I can't watch it to this day. I'm just terrified oh. of it. I don't know why. Oh, the first time I saw Gremlins, like, my parents were like, oh, it's okay. It's not scary. She'll she'll be fine. And they let me watch it. I was horrified. Absolutely terrified. <laughs> I, this is how scared I was of Gremlins. I couldn't go near a plush toy for a week after oh, watching no. Gremlins. Because I thought they were going to turn into Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> see it's it's weird what we think is is scary then and compared to what we think is scarier now and oh yeah totally a lot of the imagery i think is more scary mm-hmm. as that's why you know this falls into children's horror and i think people sort of like you know poo poo on children's horror sometimes children's horror is sometimes scarier than horror made for adults <laughs> let's be real there's a lot of stuff i watched in the 80s that falls under the you know umbrella of children's horror that like if you think about it it why would you show that to a child <laughs> <laughs> like like return to oz that was one of my favorite movies as a kid, oh. but it also terrified me because there's a witch that has interchangeable heads and she cuts, she cuts off other women's heads so she can wear them. That's horrifying. See, and like, I never got that until I was older and I was like, oh God, this is weird. And as a kid, I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like it's, it's as amazing. A kid, I, I know I was terrified of something in... I think it was Rainbow Bright or no, 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 no. My Little Pony. Yeah, no, I was terrified of something in My Little Pony because they were on like a big scary mountain with a big giant dragon who was like trying to eat them or something. And I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Like, this is really (laughs) weird. Yeah. Well, I was the weird kid that I was like super terrified of a lot of stuff, but like I wanted to watch it again because like I liked that <laughs> like that's it sounds weird but like when you're a horror fan that's like good you're like oh yeah scary yeah it's very effective um but yeah yeah so bottom line 
I do think they're both legitimately scary for different reasons. Um, If I was to pick now, I would say probably I would pick Kuruku just because, like, the whole aspect of being changed into a puppet and having no uh, control over your body, like, losing all of your, your, your bodily functions and, like, having someone just, like, put you into, like... Uh, a giant wall made of other people like that just sounds terrifying to me um whereas whereas, like this is gonna sound really sad but like but realistically like a creeper dude who's trying to like creep on you like you can kind of deal with that (laughs) like that's not completely unbeatable (laughs) like you might actually have a chance of, like, you know, standing up for yourself and, like, beating the shit out of a creepy guy um, <laughs> or something. Uh, but, like, how how do you, you can't, like, protect yourself from being, like, magicked into a human brick. Like, that's weird. <laughs> it's weird and creepy. I don't unless like you it. you fly really fast like Unico. Yes, unless you are a cute little magical unicorn who can fly. Then you are you are safe. <laughs> I'm safe. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and we have, we're gonna end it on something funny. Um, okay. So M Disc Playlist on Twitter asks, "Can you talk about the dragon that sounds like a cross between Little Jean uh, and Bobcat Goldthwait?" Oh my god! <laughs> Little Jean and Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love uh, Little John. Oh, uh, uh, I mean, if we were ever to redub uh, this movie, um, I guess we know who we would get for the stupid dragon. Oh my! Now I will never think anything else other than Little John, <laughs> or possibly Kool Aid Man coming out of. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh my God! Yeah. Someone. Pl- Please make an edit with either Little John or the Kool-Aid Man as the dragon. <laughs> 20 I would love you forever. <laughs> Bobcat Goldplay, I can hear too now. Oh, jeez. Well, now he's not so scary anymore. I thought he like, died. Did he die? Did he? Oh, gonna, no, did he? I'm going to look it up. He, no, no, he's still alive, I think. Sorry, Bobcat. I thought you were dead. <laughs> but like, wow, there's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's a that dragon guy. <laughs> the, the star of Unico and the Island of Magic. She's just been called star. that dragon guy. Unico and the <laughs> Island of that dragon guy. If anybody wants to hire me for Lil John impressions, one Kofi. <laughs> one Kofi, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, I think we have gone through a lot about uh, this amazing little movie from the 80s. Uh, I feel like, again, like I wanted to do sort of an unconventional thing for Halloween this year. Something that maybe... You know, not a lot of people would have on their radar as like something that's kind of creepy and, you know, could be 
perfect Halloween viewing if they wanted something that was only just like low key scary. How about some psychological horror in your children's anime? <laughs> <laughs> we won't rip your arms out, but we will mess with your brain. <laughs> we'll turn you into a lifeless puppet that can't control themselves. Uh oh. <laughs> so. Many thanks to those who left me tips this month on Kofi. You get a very spooky thank you for Halloween, including Rachel, Ralph Snatchki, <laughs> Gia, and several folks who wish to remain anonymous. Ooh. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Thank you all so much for your generosity. I appreciate it so, so much. Uh, if you want to get a shout out on the next episode of the podcast to be just as cool of a ghoul as they are, <laughs> all you have to do is go to my Kofi account and leave me a tip of two or more coffees. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, which you can see at animenostalgia.blogspot.com, as well as animenostalgia.tumblr.com, where you can also find other relevant links to this episode, as well as links to past episodes. You can also find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Just do a search for the Anime Nostalgia Podcast and you can usually find it. And while you're there, you could always show my podcast some love by leaving a rating or a review. I always love seeing what people have to say about the podcast. Or if you want to send me your thoughts and comments directly, or you just want to say hi, you can always email me at animenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. It might take me a little bit to get back to you, but I do promise that I read all the email that I get. And my amazing Halloween remix of my opening song was made by Carobit. You can find more of Carobit's music at twitter.com slash carobit. Yeah! <laughs> Oh, and also, thank you so much, Gigi, for stopping by and talking all about Unico and the Island of Magic. I had so much fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. <laughs> Where can we find you on the spooky internet? Ooh. Oh, gosh. Well, you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Anime Palooza with a capital A. You can also find me on Twitter at Anime Palooza, where I talk a lot about uh, anime boys and random cute things that I find on the Internet. Sometimes scary stuff, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, you can also <laughs> follow me if you want to listen to my podcast. Uh, I'm one of 12 hosts over at the Dub Talk podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Dub Talk podcast, or you can find a uh, me and my friend Gwen as we talk about everything shoujo and everything trashy at the Shoujo Trash Showdown. You can follow us on Twitter at, at Shoujo Trash Show. Shoujo is spelled with a U. Show is spelled with a W. That's a lot of stuff I do. I think I need to take a nap. Hopefully I won't have any nightmares of little John Dragons. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> there you go. There's all of them in one. <laughs> Oh no, I kind of sounded like Dio there. Ree! <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much. Um, before I leave, if you are in the U.S., please, if you are listening to this in a timely manner, register to vote. Go vote. Please vote. Oh my God, I'm begging you to vote. Please, yes. please vote. It's Do very it. important. Do it. Your, your life and my life... All of our lives depend on it. It's very important. Please vote. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> because the real horror is our everyday lives, currently. <laughs> but yes, uh, vote, register to vote. Uh, keep wearing your masks, wash your hands, try to social distance, don't be an asshole. Uh, thank you all for listening. I appreciate you all so, so much. And I will see you next time. Bye. Happy Halloween! <laughs> You sound like the little toy from Unico that <laughs> runs around and goes, Wah! The little <laughs> Oh my god. Ah! <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> He's just like, ah! <laughs> he just goes zooming around, just, ah! <laughs> Oh god. I can't. <laughs> I'm already crying. <laughs> I've I've forgotten just how weird that little dragon is. Like, there's no explanation. He's just like zoom, zoom, zoom. Ah! <laughs> ah! I, I... <laughs> ah! Oh, girl, it is <laughs> what it is. I'm just like. <laughs>